vibes and libido. We are your hosts, Trip and Kiki, the podcast where truth seekers help you find your truth. Join us as we delve into all the things you lust, the lies that we tell ourselves, and why our libido drives us to distraction. This is adult-only content, so no kitties under 18, please. Our dialogue is open, honest, and raw. But most of all, we're here to have fun. Welcome to our podcast, Lust, Lies, and Libido. We're back with Dr. Zell on National Orgasm Day. And we're going to go ahead and finish up our conversation. We had to take care of some things. Um, but Dr. Zell, before we took our break, you were kind of going into some, um, some really great information that I think our listeners need to hear. Um, so if you wouldn't mind kind of diving back into that. Okay, let me see where I, where I was headed with that. I think the first thing I was saying was when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. In other words, you know, if you're not ready to receive certain information, you're not, you're not going to receive it. Um, and once the mind is expanded, it's hard to go back to old dimensions. So, you know, when you are able to see things in a different way, I think it's, I think it's really important to have different perspectives, but it's also important to know where know who you are and where and where you stand but know that there's you don't have to be consistent with 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 your past and leaving room for self-discovery for transformation for um growth and when because i'm committed to my growth and because i have identified myself as being open-minded it it takes courage and it takes a certain kind of listening to be able to receive information that may be different than what i've ever learned or may seemingly contradict what i thought i knew about myself even you know it's like if there's one thing that i knew it's myself, but actually that's quite arrogant to think that I know all about myself and it's not leaving room for all the parts of myself that I'm still learning and evolving and transforming and new ways of being that I'm not even familiar with. So when you say listening, are you talking about listening to the universe? So if the universe is throwing you signs to just be aware of that, or you're talking about different people and what, in what context should they be listening? Yeah. So there's so many different ways to listen. And I think that there, there are lessons and lessons, blessings in the lessons and the hardship that the universe has to teach us. And we, I, I just am like, I need to learn. I'm going to learn today. I'm going to learn today. <laughs> I, I can go, I can fly out of the country, get in a new relationship, put on new hair and do whatever. It's it's going, It whatever lesson it is that I have to learn, it, I, it will show up in different aspects of my, it will just show up until I learn it. So I just want to learn everything I, I have to learn as soon as possible and move on and continue to progress. Um, okay. Listening so, to your body. Yeah. It's listening to your body. It's, it's, you know, your gut, your intuition, it's, it's listening to pain in a way that, you know, pain has actually something to teach us that maybe we need to slow down, that maybe we need to pay attention to certain things mm-hmm. that maybe we're taking things for granted. We probably should be drinking more water, getting more sleep and having some more vitamin D in the sunlight. But um, sometimes, sometimes we just have surviving in this capitalistic society, and we just push through. But at some point, our body will just tell us, "Look, it's time to shut down." Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let me ask a question for a friend. Um, say, for instance, you know, I'm living life, and I get presented with a scenario that just totally rocks me off my core. And there's a lot of positives to it, yet it just really 
um, goes against a lot of the things that I already believe in. A lot of things that I've I've been taught, and I'm I'm really struggling with that. And there's you know, so to get a little bit more specifics, I, you know, I meet somebody, and they're not like the 118 um, list that you had. You know, they're meeting like you say about 115 of them. But it's three strong things. It's like, ooh, ooh, I, I just don't know. And it, it it does something to me because of what I believe. So is that, are you saying that's like the universe trying to tell me maybe I need to think a little bit differently? Or do I need to pay attention to those three things? Well, there's a few things. Um, there's health and wellness, but there's also compromise. You know, I think sometimes we're not going to, there's not everything can't be for, you know, one person to be everything. I didn't say that right. What I'm trying to say is one person can't be your everything Mm -hmm. that, that they have, they offer what they offer. They, they have their own perspective. They, they are their own person. We are all our each own individual person. And when we get into these coupling systems or relationships, a lot of times we try to mold ourselves into uh, being likable. And sometimes it's at the expense of your authenticity. And I think it's really important to be authentic. Um, but there's just there's just a compatibility issues sometimes. I mean, sometimes you have to you have to choose and you have to pick what's what's important for you and what are your values and what do you need in the relationship and can they be realistic are they realistic and can they can they be met and fulfilled and if this one person cannot can are you allowed to within the limits of or within the agreements of your relationship get get those needs met elsewhere but see you know what i'm going to say speak on that because it was a process for me because I had to go through that process myself because a lot of people don't, like you said, who are you? A lot of people don't get back in touch of who they are because you're right. Everybody has a basic set of needs. There are needs that each person has to have in order to be fulfilled or, you know, feel satisfied within, you know, whatever that relationship is. And a lot of people don't know what those basic needs are. They just feel like they, a lot of it's pulled from societal, you know, oh, he has to have a good job. Okay, but what does that provide for you? Does that mean you need security? Does that mean that you need, you know, to have a certain lifestyle? What does that mean for you as the person? And a lot of people don't take the time to realize what their needs are because I had to go through that process, you know, to learn what what are my needs as a person? Who is, who am I? You know, what do I need from a person? What are my non-negotiables? You know, so I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Thank yeah. you. And I definitely understand. I mean, I, I think it's imperative that we all go through that process. I mean, I had to go through that process. Um, I've had to go through a lot of growing pains and, you know, on my road to, to get where I am, um, you know, I mean, shoot, I've been divorced. Um, I mean, that was a, a, a great lesson within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like what Dr. Zell was talking about, you know, I've had to unlearn so many things and, and come to grips and be um, accepting about who I am as a person. You know, I had to, to come to grips with I am not made for monogamy. Monogamy is not really for me. Um I am poly. I've been poly for a long time. Been fighting it for a long time. And I had to come to grips with that. I kept trying to fit into this nice little pretty box Mm -hmm. that I was supposed to fit into, you know, get married and have kids and, and, you know, but it never worked for me. It never clicked. You know, I, I enjoy people. I enjoy people too much. And I enjoy building relationships with people. And it's not always the sexual aspect, but it's just that that bond that share that you share with another human being. Um, and I it never clicked. It never set well with my soul and my spirit. That okay, I love you and you love me, 
but now we're supposed to cut everybody off in the world and it's just supposed to be just us two and you're supposed to fulfill everything but what if I like sports and you don't like sports so I mean what I'm just I'm just supposed to just watch the football game by myself okay but then if I start spending too much time with my homeboys you got a problem with that if I find you know a female she likes the sports you don't want me to I can't do that <laughs> and I mean it's like I'm like hold on this don't make sense something ain't adding up this no I, I'm not signing up for this um you know, I've always, you know, being that I'm in school to be a sex therapist myself, sex has always been easy for me. Um, having conversations around relationships and sex, always been easy. I mean, I talked to my um, grandmother, you know, God rest her soul. We'll talk to her about it. I talked to people in, in supermarkets and whatever. And I he just, is not lying. No, I, yeah, not at all. Like, <laughs> we would talk, I mean, people would come up and we started having conversations and you know, I have grown behind men talking to me about, you know, and it was about Viagra. And I'm like, I don't know dude from a can of paint. I don't know why in the world he decided to share his Viagra story with me. But I'm going to go ahead and listen. And then if I can offer some help, I'm going to give him some help. <laughs> um, but it never made me uncomfortable. Um, yet, I realized with a lot of people that I dated or I was married to that they wanted me to turn that off. And it wasn't something I can turn off. It was just who I was. And so I had to really fight with that whole piece and be like, okay, you know, well, society says I'm supposed to do this and I don't want to do this and it don't really feel right. And so I had to get to the point where I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Nah, this ain't for me. Um, and it was a lot of hard feelings, a lot of hurt feelings that came and trials and tribulations and, a lot of things I'm still paying for um, to this day, <laughs> but I have to be, I have to live in my truth. I had to be honest with who I am and I haven't looked back. So I definitely understand what you're saying, Dr. Zell. And I think, you know, for our listeners, if you're out here, you know, and you're struggling with something, you know, kind of dive into why are you struggling with this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've always said, you know, one of the things I say, you know, people don't change unless it's until it becomes more painful to stay in your current position than it does change. Mm -hmm. And once you start having those feelings, you need to listen to it. You know, like what Dr. Zell said, listen, Dr. Zell said, listen to it, you know, start paying attention. You know, this is uncomfortable for me. Why is this uncomfortable? What is it that I'm trying to fit into that just doesn't work for me? And and living your truth. Be be you. And be I, you unapologetically. But what I want to say to that and to the listeners too, because there's going to be somebody who feels like I do. Because I'm dealing with a situation that I know is causing me to transition. It's more about me than the other person. I, I really have realized that as I'm going through this process. And but I've realized that for me, just like you said earlier, Dr. Zell, that really it's all individual. You know, everything is subjective and what you see as a person. And for me, you know, I maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm going against the norm or, or maybe I am the norm. I don't know. But I still feel there's a part of me that feels like monogamy is for me. And that's just me, you know, and I don't want anyone else to feel like, well, if is that wrong for me to feel that way? Because I don't think so. I don't think that I'm wrong simply because that's what I want, even though that's, you know, it's, it's against so many different things that have been ingrained in us because I get all that because I mean, honestly, Tripp has been a major eye-opener for me to a lot of different perspectives that I never had before when it comes to monogamy, relationships, poly, and, you know, all of those other things. But I feel like that's my lane. That's just who I am, you know? And there are other people who feel the same way too. I am even willing to just be single. If that means, you know, giving up being in a monogamous relationship because I would rather be happy 
by myself than unhappy in a monogamous relationship just to have one, you know, but that's me, you know, that's me. And, and like you said, everybody has to find their truth and figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. What do you need and where do you need to be? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's who you are right now. Then just be the best that you can be, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to just li- live your best life. Your best yeah. life is with one person or your best life is with multiple people I think it's leaving out the judgment. I think sometimes we can get into like, you got to choose this or that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's that. and, and this, and because you have to choose, there's one better than the other. No, it's that mm-hmm. we have to eliminate all that kind of hierarchical thinking. Mm-hmm. Because um, I can't tell you how to be free or how to be, what what does liberation look like for me sometimes it's running around naked other days it's dressing in a full hijab like i i experience my freedom in different ways and i experience my joy in different ways and love and pleasure in different ways and and some people know that this is just the one way that they want to live their life and some people find a their favorite spot and they just like going to that same place and there's other people that know that they like it but want to try different 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 places and um different people are set up differently and i think that the piece i think what's important is to know that you have a choice and to choose mindfully like to you know that that even if you find yourself in a monogamous situation, still understand that it is a choice, that even if you're married, you can, I think it's important to still like choose your spouse, choose your, the person that you're, you're spending your time with. But I also think of situations where it's not really a choice and um, that people are not able to see uh, the choices that they have but I think that it is powerful living when you recognize the choices that you have and the power that you have to write your own story that that you are the owner of the pen and you know you know you can write it in different ways and there's different stories to be heard and that are valuable and there's just so many ways of being a human what which way do you want to live your life that's for you to decide and I think it's an important it's an important piece what's unfortunate is if you didn't know that there's other options or you didn't allow yourself to to explore what it could be for you that may be fulfilling because you know I actually know that I don't know what is extremely fulfilling to me Mm -hmm. I'm open in that I'm I'm I may find glimpses of it in different different realms but I keep open to who I am and learn from who I was and be come and and manifest a better way of being myself and their safety concerns and you know their survival tactics that i i consider but i do love safer spaces that i can really explore what my what is authentic to me and what what feels good to me and um what is truthful to me you know it's like you can try to fit into these boxes I try to do what I've been told to do but at some point it, it it's not settling it doesn't it doesn't it's not making sense with my soul some of these stories that we've been told it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't empower me and I want to I I know I'm a powerful person so when I start feeling hatred I know that um that the conditioning is working, that I'm starting to believe the messages ingrained in the media that is is working to undermine my my beauty, my power, and my potential. Um, so, right. yeah. So, 
I heard something about some different types of orgasms, I believe. Um, okay. was telling me about that. What did you tell me about? That? <laughs> I want to well, talk I mean, about that. Yeah, okay. I mean, it is National Orgasm Day. So let's go ahead and segue into that power and taking that power and, and manifesting that power in different areas. And Dr. Zell, I know you're an expert. Um, you're a sex expert. And so tell you know, kind of talking to talk to the listeners um, about okay. different types of orgasms, um, because, you know, I know right now a lot of people are probably like, what? <laughs> I thought there was only one way. So please touch on that. Let's 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 dive in. Yes. But, all right. I don't even know where to begin, because I feel like there's really important I'm bring in at the clitoris. I'm I'm going to, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> that's nice. Get clitorate and the and the sexual revolution that brought the clitoris to the forefront of pleasure from the, the female perspective. Because before what they were saying is like, ooh, the mature orgasm is a vaginal in, orgasm that should be, um, you know, there's a vaginal orgasm. But so there's different ways that sexologists have been classifying. There's a there's a list circulating today, the 12, I think it's 12 orgasms that a, a sexologist kind of listed. Um, I think what's important is to know your body and understand your body. And what is also really awesome is when you can acknowledge the pleasure that your body has to give in a non-judgmental way. So... There are so many, I, I, um, I went to a Betty Dotson body sex workshop. So Betty Dotson is a, this, this old school, um, sexologist, the, the, the author of sex for one, she's a leading specialist in female masturbation and, um, really pivotal part of the sexual revolution in the United States. Anyway, so I'm at her workshop. She's 90 years old this year. So she's she's been doing, she's wow. been holding orgies and she's figured what? she's developed, um, she's nice. developed a masturbation technique that, you know, she believes to be the best. So I'm in this circle learning wow. learning this technique. <laughs> all, all this story. The, the, the point is that she said that no one orgasm is the same. Mm-hmm. Every orgasm is different. Mm-hmm. Not like, Wow, that's different perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so with that, I was like, okay, that opened me up. So um Smells I like feel like I, orgasms. <laughs> I've as a sexologist, I really took the the study of orgasms very seriously. So learning the classic sexual response um models from Masters and Johnson out of the 19 um, research out of the 1960s and 70s um, really revolutionary things but it really set the tone for um, sexual science and mm-hmm. there and also the dysfunctions that and you know just kind of what is normal so they say oh you need and and things have you know there's been additions to that model but that's the the main model where it's like okay you're gonna um have desire and arousal actually the desire piece came in later but you're climaxing and then you peak and you orgasm and then you kind of come down and so by the way there's so many different ways of orgasm i'm sorry i'm going on so many tangents so the, the <laughs> list is, did you know that even within the genitals, that's not the only way of experience orgasm. I think male sexuality tends to be more direct. So let's just stick with male orgasm for a moment. Um, there's a different, I've heard reports that vaginal intercourse or an orgasm produced by vaginal intercourse is different than an orgasm produced by getting head or fellatio. Um, and so, and also there's a, a, a prostate gland and so anal and that whole, uh, way of experiencing orgasm is completely different. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those are the three basic ones or how they're classifying, but I know men who can ejaculate without experiencing an orgasm. Yep. 
And I, I think what happens is that we take for granted that the man is climaxing, orgasming, ejaculating all at the same time and all at once, which great Mm. story. Sometimes it happens, but a lot of times in female sexual response, it may happen differently. So they're that you come and coming is different than orgasming and coming. There's so many different ways to come and so different you, kinds you of say that For our listeners, what do you mean? Which part? The coming? Yeah, coming is different than orgasming. Right. Okay, so there is different liquids that can be excreted. Um, first of all, when there's friction, there may be lubrication that you're that during heterosex or penis vaginal intercourse the natural friction that occurs could there could be a physiological response that produces a lubricant that does not necessarily mean that you come but there's also different ways of coming so someone may be creamy some may be kind of more um slippery you know you got the mac and cheese kind of no um (laughs) sound that is not not the uh okay um, and then difference between squirting and uh, ejaculate and female ejaculation. So not only can the sub the actual content of be different, but the experience of that be different. So right. someone may come and feel really good, but that may not be an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And and I think. For me, I, I was just defining orgasm so strictly because there is a physiological response that has been recorded in many people, as in being, you know, your clitoris is going to, you know, there's blood rushing to your genitals, your nipples are going to get hard, you're, you're, there's going to be um, flushing of the skin, there's going to be, um, you know, certain, your, there's certain responses that happen, that happens, but that may not be the case. And also... To expand our definition of orgasm. So how they're classifying orgasm now with the list that I'm seeing is orgasm, like the clitoral orgasm. So this is an orgasm produced by the clitoris or a vaginal orgasm or anal orgasm or the U spot or the the G spot, the P spot, the A spot, the mm-hmm. X spot. <laughs> Those are all spots in the vagina in the in the vagina. And wow. The G spot's not the only spot. There's lots of different spots up in there. And and then and then there could be through your nipples. There's people who can orgasm through nipples. And there's people that have mindgasms. There's people that are sapiosexuals or those who love um, intellect and deep conversation and connection people (laughs) mental in a mental way. They may experience orgasm in different ways. And they've done MRI studies where um, people are able to orgasm without being touched and it happening in the mind. But moving our uh, self away from the genitals for a moment, and I included the nipples in the mind, but any aspect of your body can be erotic and bring joy and bring pleasure and euphoria. What is your euphoric threshold? I've been moving away from using orgasm and moving into fulfillment. What was fulfilling to you? It may not have been you know, I think there's this, it's going to be this mind blowing, the huge orgasm when really it could be a little fluctuation in this pleasurable moment that, that has gone by. And so, um, when I went to a a class on how to have an orgasm without being touched, a lot of it was, um, breathing Mm -hmm. and really tuning your body and thinking about energy in different ways. And then they also helped me expand my definition of orgasm as in gigogasm. When you laugh so hard, it's like, so, you know, you forget all your worries. You're just in the moment. You're feeling like joy and pleasure and happiness. And, and afterwards there's a sense of release and, and I and have those. Yes. There you go. Um, Eargasms, people who have the ability to derive sexual pleasure through sound or physically. I mean, when I look on Urban Dictionary for eargasm, I mean, people are getting a lot of joy out of using Q-tips, I tell you that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, That's real. That's real. I'm telling you that's real. 
I I think the key piece for me is is not judging what can be pleasurable for you and what are your passions and what can bring you joy. Um, I'd, uh, I think it's great to explore your, your lover's body in a, in a, in a way, you know, learning different strokes for different folks, you know, different ways of pressuring. It's not this one standard, this is how to please a vulva. No, every vulva is different and there's different, you know, pressures and different spots that, that like stimulations, different, you know, different rhythms, different, you know, you got to find what it is that that is most pleasing to you and also expanding it past the genitalia even though even within the genitalia there's so much and we only talk about the external clitoris and there's a whole internal structure there's the legs and there's so much in there too and it can be reached in so many different ways i'm not going to undermine that at all but there's some people that can that like mm, armpits or kneecaps or behind your ears or whatever that is. And I also want to say that uh, for some people that may have experienced a, an accident, um, for example, may have caused um, people to become paraplegic or losing feeling from the waist down, for example. A lot of times they get bummed out because they think, you know, will they ever be able to experience sex and orgasm? But the body is amazing. And I was talking about neuroplasticity or um, just the ability to change and adapt. And the vagus nerve, which is one of my favorite nerve nerves in the nervous system, it can just alter, you know, it has the capacity to... Um, change according to new circumstances. So if the people who, I, I, I've heard cases where people who become paraplegic or can't feel from the waist down. So now they're not gonna be experiencing orgasm and pleasure in the same way because they've been focusing on the genitalia. But because of vagus nerve or other things, now all of a sudden, you know, you, you touch this part of how humans can love, what they can love and how they can experience euphoric pleasures and that can show up in many different different ways for different people right Um, so i think what's important is to be open-minded and non-judgmental to what your body finds pleasurable i think you know even eating certain foods like the most delicious meal you can think of i mean i can start thinking about it and i start feeling happy and my mouth is watering and when i taste when I taste that the most delicious food, I can't help but make noises that are quite sensual. And we all do that. Yes. And it feels good. And I feel so fulfilled after I eat my heart's content, you know? And that, not, it doesn't, I'm, people say, oh, you're sexualizing everything, but sensuality is a part of sexuality. And, Absolutely. and pleasure, I'm not judging it. I, if I just allow my, my mouth to say, wow, this is so pleasurable, I don't need to judge it. I'm just going to experience the joy that it, that it brings me and not to judge it and to just kind of be in the moment and experience the pleasures that, that I can have. And, and that can be through your through different smells and different tastes, through different sounds and different touches. Um, I know people who orgasm during their, in their sleep. Um, there's people that orgasm going to sleep while they sleep. There's so many different ways of experiencing joy. Um, you know, yeah. So I, I think we, we, my suggestion and recommendation is to take away the judgment and to um but I think a lot of it don't you agree that then you tell me should should we start with ourselves you know because it's easy to say oh yeah I can I can see that I can I can understand that but you have I, I mean don't you have to be most comfortable in yourself first before venturing out to these other 
forms of, you know, expressing or learning about different ways to orgasm, you know, because it is all about self-fulfillment, you know, it is about what makes you the most fulfilled, what makes you the most satisfied, you know, and because people have, you know, we put so many, I don't know, boundaries on ourselves so many judgments on ourselves you know I don't look sexy enough I'm not appealing you know I got this I got that my hips are too big I got cellulite I got you know stretch marks and on and on and on that you can't even really enjoy the moment you know Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it more of our partner's responsibility, you know, to sit down, talk to our partners and say, look, this is what I need. Or should it be more of, you know, let me figure out for myself. What do I need? You know, what do you think about that? I, I think a lot of the advice is, you know, it's really important to know your body because how can you expect someone else to know <laughs> it if you don't know it? I, I mean, I've I've heard that. Um, And I do think that it is important to know yourself because people are not mind readers. And at the end of the day, they really don't know what it feels like to be in your body. And so really command or just know what feels good. And because everyone's different, you can't really expect your lover to just know automatically what that looks like, what what that should feel like for you. Um, I, you know, of course there's experienced lovers that may teach you things you didn't even know, or, um, I think that it can be a combination, but I really do think it's important, you know, the self-love piece. Um, but, but also I think about really extreme cases where, you know, people are so, you know, self-hating and, um, you know, really can't love their stretch marks. I think when they find someone that, that love stretch marks so much that they didn't even realize that, that it could be loved in that way, or even scars. Like some people think mm-hmm. that scars are ugly and mm-hmm. some people think that they're beautiful. And so when you can find someone that can see the beauty and who you are, I think that can be very healing. And then sometimes it takes outside kind of reminders, but yeah, ideally it's like, happiness that's something inside we can't keep looking outside for other people to to make us happy right and 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 seeking these situations to make us happy and then you wonder why billionaires still you know are not happy because it's not the money that's gonna i mean and some people money does make them happy i'm not (laughs) saying what is happy but i i'm saying that it's something that that is important for you to know and self-determination for you to define before yourself and as opposed to what other people are telling you to do. So I think that it can be a combination and the more that just, you know, however you, there's many different ways of, you know, learning and, and finding new ways of knowing. And you, you, it's it's inside, but some people need assistance, and you can and and um, it's great when you find people that can show can uh, assist you in discovering your truest pleasure. Like I I learned thought I knew all about my body, and I was with one lover, and they showed me a whole erogenous zone. I had no idea that was a thing on my what body. They show you? I'm curious. Well, actually, my kneecaps, I had, I mean, I just, what, my knees, you know, like, what's that? I just didn't think that that was an erogenous zone of mine. Um, And there's also internal structures that people got to and different taps, you know, so there's been all types of um, you know, it's, it's interesting as a sexologist having sex or whatever. It's like I'm I'm observing in a in a different in a different way. I'm like, oh, well, that was a, that that was ejaculation. Oh, and that was coming. And <laughs> you know, to be making the distinction, but I'm also a Virgo and I analyze a lot of things. Kind of part of what I do. But I think I think it's important to just experience things in, in a way that, that you don't judge. Let me tell you a little thing about um, people who have been conditioned in, in, in the church. Um, 
for example, Catholicism, um, there, there were studies done that uh, Catholic women who orgasmed afterwards, they actually weren't able to feel good, like they, the feel good, like the oxytocin and the ser and the um, uh, all those serotonin and the, the anyway there's a there's a chemical reaction that occurs with orgasm that makes one um, refractory the period after uh oops sorry okay the period <laughs> after having orgasm they're not able to experience that joy the come down is much harsher and like the 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 come down is a lot stronger so tragic so, so yeah, so it's like these are the messages. Who knows what what messages that I've internalized that have been limiting my experience of pleasure. And when I was working on decolonizing myself, and um, I went to Brazil and um, just really interested in what uh, what sexuality and gender was like before colonialism, and I I started to see how much. I judge myself or how much I was limiting myself. I'm my biggest oppressor and I am my biggest liberator. And I took responsibility mm -hmm. for both of those roles. And so when I was practicing affirming myself and radical self-acceptance and non-judgmental and 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 um, trusting my embodied wisdom, I was very surprised what I found. I was on a beach one 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 day and I was just loving the temperature and loving the just I was on spectacular beach. It was just I was just in love with just being in that moment. And I was just thinking about how interconnected everything was. And there was no fear like there's very there's no room for fear and liberation. And when I was in I was I was loving and seeing, oh, thank you. Thank you, breeze. Thank you, air. Thank you, trees, for providing the oxygen. Thank you, sun, for providing the warmth. You know, I was really getting really grateful for a lot of basic stuff hmm. and feeling love, the, the, the love, love. I was loving on the sun, and I felt the sun loving on me. And I felt the sun rays, like, penetrate me in a way that was very erotic and pleasurable and fulfilling and joyous and just like basking in the sun in a very erotic way and I felt like oh the sunscreen is my protection and the condoms and my like these the liquid euphoric juices from my skin is <laughs> is my cum or whatever it's like I was not mm -hmm. I didn't have to limit myself by what how sex was defined for me and I was just you know in the moment I was like what are you you know I was kind of shaming myself like how are you gonna let the sun make you feel like you know like I was just all this negativity and then I was like no I'm gonna just accept my my pleasure in this moment and I'm not gonna judge myself and then it was like really a great moment it was one little moment on the beach but for me it was like an epiphany like oh wow this is the epitome of how you know, Western conditioning will li really li literally limit the way that I can experience my own pleasure in my own body. And I don't have to limit it to my genitals. And I don't have to even limit it to humans. And that my body can can really teach me what it finds joyous. Okay. Well, I really appreciate um, your time, Dr. Zell. And... We both do. Absolutely. Um, you really, I think you've given the listeners a ton of information to kind of process and really start to work on themselves. And that's yeah. why we wanted to, to have you on. Um, so we definitely appreciate you. But before we let you go, um, the show is called Lust, Lies, and Libido. So we have three questions we would love for you to answer. Um and the first one is, what is a lust that you had to admit to yourself? Um, the thing with lust is I had to be able to differentiate lust and love. I think I was getting the too confused at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Most of us do. I think uh, the question was something that I lost. Yes. Um, oof. Um, tra traveling? I kind of am lusty over traveling. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a hoodophiliac. Okay. A, a love of traveling. Okay. And I think the love of traveling is probably a bit lusty. Not able to differentiate <laughs> the lust and the love over it. Okay. It's, it's, it's beyond obsessive. It's um, something um, that I'm, I'm choosing to accept. <laughs> so where's your next trip going to be? Uh, next week. <laughs> uh, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm going to go to Jamaica. Nice. Oh, I just came back from there a month ago. Loved it. Yeah, yes, we, I got to get down to Jamaica. I really do. Whew. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah, All I right, want to. Next um, question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I want to go to uh, what is it in Jamaica? Um, hedonism too. That's, okay, that's where I want to go. Check um, it out. The sunsets in the grill are spectacular. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. Um, sky okay. Oh, you about to say my bad? No sky porn. Yeah, so. I know, right? <laughs> and, and your eyes can be a sex organ, and what's eye candy or soul candy or whatever you know. There's a lot that can be experienced through voyeurism, not just in the way that we think of it, but in any different thing that you can find pleasure. So I'm just saying, I like sunsets a lot, and there's a really pretty sunset, and I I don't shame myself for finding joy in watching the sunset. <laughs> All right. Um. Next question. What is the worst lie you was ever told, or that you ever had to tell? The worst lie. Uh, I guess it's omitting information, just simply not 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 having important conversations that should be had. No, I'm I'm specifically. What is a lie that you've been told that you just knew, like you know, oh, <laughs> a lie that I've been told, or that you had to tell? Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, that God is a white man. <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a pretty big lie. That, that's yeah. a lie. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just, I just found, I, I, I found some, some other reality there. Yeah, right. Uh, because it shows up, you know. It's like, oh, if if God is a, what if God was a a fat black woman, you know? Like, <laughs> then maybe we'd be thinking differently about our bodies, and we would, you know, there. I just feel like there a lot of people would operate differently, but really we should be operating as if, you know, it's probably beyond gender. And anyway, that's the whole thing, and probably yeah. stirring up the listeners there, but. <laughs> they're like what what hold on what do what are we listening to um <laughs> so yeah definitely okay um and last question what is something that you've had to come to grips with in regards to your libido that um my libido is very high and that I cannot expect others to fulfill my my sexual demands. That I need to take responsibility okay. for my own pleasure. Okay. And um, and that it's a privilege if someone wants to partake in that, but I can't expect you know I can't expect my lovers to want to handle my libido that's too much responsibility and take responsibility for myself that's really good really good yes it's been awesome having you join us thank you so so much so you know we have to give you an opportunity please tell the people where they can find you yes um, how they can get in contact with you if they want to book you for speaking engagements um 
you know, just need just, help, advice. Exactly. Just give, give the people what they want. Oh, wow. So, um, Zaleka at gmail.com. Z as in zebra, E as in elephant, L as in lake, A as in apple, I as in igloo, K as in kite, A as in apple at gmail.com. And that's, you know, send me an email or um, on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Dr. Dr. Period Z E L. I'm also on Facebook at um, Dr. Zaleka Hepworth Clark. So, um yeah feel free to to hit me up and uh yeah if you're interested in um i got i'm giving out my dissertation for free you email me and people are interested in learning more about my my research and my work what is your research and your work on i know we kind of touched on it but oh geez i don't know how how... (laughs) a quick way you can kind of let the people know what they'll be reading well, it's very academic. It's 303 pages. Uh, it's a dissertation, very dry uh, reading, but it's, it's uh, how I emancipated myself from patriarchal conditioning and thinking through um, oceanality, which is African eroticism that affirms pleasure. And um, I did a study in Brazil and I just uh, was able to understand sexuality in different ways and I looked at um decolonizing myself so that's a little snippet of it (laughs) and where where is that going to be available if you email me I can I can send you my pdf version awesome gonna do it all right well we definitely appreciate you coming on um I want to extend the invitation for another time because there's so many different things that we can talk about and that I would love to hear your opinion on. Um, yeah. But it's, it's really good to kind of give the listeners an introductory, introduction to Dr. Zell and um, some of her wisdom and insight. So um, we appreciate you. We look forward to having you on again. Thank you. Peace, pleasure, love, passion power thank you so much thank you all right guys live your best life